Hi, I'm Nikki Torres. This is Street Best Friends, a podcast for work besties everywhere. We're here to help you succeed at work and in business through meaningful friendships. In today's episode, we have sisters Race and Rhonda Wong. They're the women behind Singapore's one-stop property platform called Oh My Home. For someone like me who's in their mid-30s, yes, <laughs> the talk about property overwhelms are usual conversational topics. I have friends who are looking to rent an apartment and move away from their childhood home. Some are ready to buy their first house to start a family. And then I have those, the rare few ones, who are looking to invest in their second or even third property. Which is why I'm super excited to have Race and Rhonda on our show today. Not only have they built a platform that makes renting, buying, and selling properties so much easier, I also love their business story. Get this. These two sisters pursued different paths and were on opposite trajectories in their life. One of them ended up doing treasury bond options in Chicago, while the other became a Cantonese pop star in Hong Kong for over a decade. And as we all know, they found their way back to each other, back here in Singapore to start Oh My Home. And last I heard, there are more than 5,000 homes in Singapore and Malaysia that have been transacted through their platform, which represents a combined value of 1.6 billion Singapore dollars. I am so honored to have these brilliant, daring, and determined sisters on our show today. Here's Race and Rhonda Wong. Hi, nice to meet you all. I'm Race Wong, and I'm the CPO and co-founder of Oh My Home. And I'm Rhonda Wong, CEO and co-founder of Oh My Home. Oh, nice. Thank you so much for that. Okay, so I just want to jump right into the questions. Uh, normally, I would ask my guests, how did you both meet? But because you both are sisters, I guess the question now is, how did you both decide to start working together? Well, for us, actually, it came pretty naturally. It wasn't intentionally planned. So I'm race, and then I used to work in Hong Kong. And in fact, I was a celebrity in Hong Kong before going into the finance sector. And actually, I spent 11 years in Hong Kong. And when I was 30 years old, um, I actually got a new job as a, at a new bank. And my dad told me that, hey, you know, you're not young anymore. Um, you're 30 years old. And have you thought about your future? If you're going to continue in Hong Kong, you're going to have to spend the rest of your life there because you're most likely going to marry a guy there and have your family there. And that's when I felt like, oh, yeah, it's true. I'm not young anymore. <laughs> and that's when I decided to come back to Singapore. And when I came back to Singapore, Rhonda was already back from Chicago um, and she's working in real estate. And because I came back jobless, <laughs> I thought, hey, you know, why not? Why don't I just try whatever she's doing as well? Anyway, with half this history of investing in real estate since a very young age, and that's how we kind of like naturally got together, brainstormed and started our company together. It was very easy um, to get started with race because both of us have very similar values. So when we thought about putting together a company for real estate, we always had the intention that um, how can we have a real estate company for people like ourselves? You know, people who would actually appreciate good services, transparent information, reliable um, quality service. And that's how um, Race and I decided, you know, let's do this together and perhaps we could make a change in this industry. Right. So in terms of kind of like, oh, my home as as a business idea, has it always been, did you always want it to be in the real estate kind of like business or did you kind of like play around with a few business ideas at the beginning? Just curious. No, for all my home, it was very clear. 
Um, in fact, we were already running another company that's managing investors' um, real estate portfolio. And Race was the one who then suggested, you know what? We have to extend this kind of services to the rest of the market, not just for investors. Mm-hmm. So when Race mentioned that it was just, you know, everything in the world just seems to click, I, I thought that's the best idea I've heard. And um, that was really how Oh My Home got started. Right. That's very cool. I guess I, I wanted to go back a little bit, like when, you know, Race uh, left Hong Kong and then came back to Singapore. She mentioned that, you know, for Wanda, you were in Chicago. You know, what, what What was it like to kind of like live far apart from each other and then suddenly come together and then be working so closely to each other? How has that kind of like relationship changed for you both? It's really interesting because Race and I have been apart um, for more years than we've been together. Um, but we've been very, very close. Um, I mean, we write to each other. We send gifts to one another on a very regular basis. So we've always been very close needed as a family, as sisters. And um, to be honest, I, I came back to Singapore first and started this whole real estate investment um, and trading business. And Grace then came back. And I was um, initially quite cautious because I was thinking that race has been a celebrity for a long time and she's always very well treated um, in her job I'm not sure if she'll like real estate very much because customers are not often very nice to us <laughs> That's true. what do you think about that race? <laughs> I guess I had really good training from my parents because actually my dad he used to my, my parents they used to run retail shops in um, Orchard Road and we used to do this film development business, you know, like Konica, Fuji, Kodak. Uh, yes, so that yes. was like really a long time ago, um, 20 years ago. I don't know, that's more than 20 years ago, like 18 years ago. So <laughs> yeah, and then like every single Sunday, the three sisters, my elder sister, myself and Rhonda will be there um, at the shop to help my father out because it's always busiest yeah. on Sunday and it doesn't make sense for them to hire extra help because the rest of the week isn't that busy. And so we've always been used to this hard work where we have to run around between the shops and every single Christmas holiday, we'll be working as well. So we'll be either like selling soft drinks, Christmas hats, batteries. Yeah, those were the days when um, there were no 7-Eleven at Orchard Road. So when everyone's doing countdown, they'll be thirsty, there'll be nothing to drink. so you're selling yeah. those. Ah, that's so yeah. cool. <laughs> no, it wasn't cool when you were working there as like a 13, 14 years old. You'd be embarrassed like, oh my God, I hope my friends don't walk by and see me selling drinks while they're like out there cool and partying and doing their countdown. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess yeah. that, that kind of experience really helped you both be where you are now in terms of being entrepreneurial and being able to kind of just like really go out there and sell something. And I are kind of like selling houses and you have Oh My Home is kind of like a platform as well, right? Yeah. So so for us, we have this work ethic, is which is like, we'll just do whatever it takes required for the job. So when we first started Oh My Home, we had to be on the ground to give out flyers. We go to every single door to door to knock on their doors and ask them, hey, are you interested to sell your flat? And um, definitely it wasn't easy because they thought that we're a scam or something. Because when we first started, when Oh My Home was first introduced to the market, there wasn't a platform that allows homeowners to post their property for sale on their own. There are other portals in the market that allows you to do so via an agent, but not on your 
Yeah, so when it is a completely new idea, it wasn't that easy to convince people. Right, and I guess I want to go back to when you both decided to start Oh My Home. How do you kind of like decide on you know, who gets to manage what? Did you kind of like just, was there a document that you decide, okay, you do this and I do this, or was it just a natural thing and then you kind of like realize, oh, actually, I'm really good at this part of the business. I want to stick to this. How did you both kind of like manage that communication? It was quite natural. I mean, at first, Race and I uh, did everything together because the company was very small. You know, it started with just the two of us and then four of us, 10 of us. It was very small. And, you know, we did everything together, made decisions together. We're in the same space in this small office. Um, but gradually over time, it was actually very clear in terms of our strengths and weaknesses. So Race has always been the more creative person between the two of us. So that's why any products, any features, design, concepts, um, it's all done by race. And then anything to do with um, operations and numbers, um, that's where my strength is at. So um, sales and operations, that's my territory. So we used to decide all of this together, but as the company got larger, then we naturally um, started taking care of our own segments. Yeah, so cool. oftentimes people wonder if, you know, how are we then able to cope with, you know, working with each other all the time. It's really because we respect each other's strengths and weaknesses and we're able to complement one another. Right. What I also wanted to ask is, you know, not a lot of sisters or siblings could work with each other. Kind of like how, even though, I mean, my podcast is about you best friends and, you know, working with your friends, there's not all your friends would be good kind of like business partners. I guess in your case, having that experience, you know, that was given to you by your parents. What other things do you think has made it really possible for you both, not just to be great as siblings, but also as good kind of like business partners? I guess starting out as sisters actually has a lot of benefits because we didn't actually have to take the time to understand each other or to understand how do you react when you are met with big obstacles because we've seen each other through our ups and downs in life. I guess that's one big thing out of the picture. And we know our view towards money because a lot of people, partnerships or marriages, they fall out because of their different views on how they want to split or manage the money. And I guess this is really still back down to the upbringing because actually when I was in Hong Kong, I shared a bank account with my elder sister. So no matter who made more money, it just goes into the same account and then we'll share it amongst ourselves. And then as for Rhonda and myself, I guess we have this natural understanding for each other. And on top of it all, I think what's important is that we put our company's goals above our personal agenda so that we don't have actually very huge ego where we want to fight to win for our own personal ego. But we do fight and we do debate for certain topics that we disagree on, but it's always towards the same goal for the better of the company. So at the end of the day, it could be my decision that we go with or with Rhonda's decision, but it's always about which is the better idea. And sometimes we'll bring in our other colleagues as well to make sure that it is a fair discussion and we cover all the bases and make a good decision for the company. Right, because I, I think you also mentioned earlier that at the at the onset of Oh My Home, you both had to make decisions together. So I guess it's nice to hear how kind of like you manage going through 
decision making do you have like a process that you go through or it's more of just a a natural thing that happens between the both of you we are always able to have discussions so right now um, when race takes care of technology probably 99 percent of decisions are made by her mm-hmm. um, but sometimes there might be a topic that's fun to um, you know brainstorm about or there is a more difficult decision to be made. So then, you know, she'll pull me in and then we'll discuss. But at the end of it, it's more that the the person who is not the final decision maker has to know that. So in this case, it raises the final decision maker. Uh, My views are opinions. So it's up to her to um, embrace it or, you know, toss them away. So, you know, vice versa, if I am the decision maker for that um, department, then race's views would be opinions or just, you know, her, her views. So um, at the end of the, the, the day, you know, even if I were to decide on a decision that may not be uh, what race wanted, um, there would be no bad feelings because we respect each other's work. And to be honest, Nikki, we're so busy with our work that we don't have time to think about why did you not take my idea, you know? Right. That's, no, I mean, I guess with every kind of like team scenario, it doesn't matter if you're co-founders, like um, just at work and having somebody else to work with, there's always kind of like this, you know, you, you would kind of like say, hey, I think this might be a better idea. But kind of like what you said, depending on the project or who's in charge, there is a final decision maker. So no matter what I say, even if I feel like in my heart, this is the best way, I can kind of like only just offer it as a different path. And if that person decides, no, I want to do it this way, then I kind of like have to agree and just say, like, yeah, okay, but, I respect but you have that. To, you have to be passionate about your convincing skills too, you see. Like if you really, really think that, your idea or your views are very important and the other party doesn't seem to think so that that means you're not convincing well enough you know so we'll actually not just give a suggestion and then just leave it we'll actually have a real discussion about it data to support yeah we'll have an in-depth discussion and not like just uh this is my comment and you know you can take it or leave it it's not like that right so i guess for for you both there's really um you kind of like really stand by a lot of the suggestions that you're making. It's not, it's more of like presenting really a, a very valid kind of like path for the other person. And how do you kind of manage between being passionate about what you really think and kind of like making sure that the other person understands where you're coming from and kind of how do you know when to take a step back or dial it down a little bit? I guess this is the part where being sisters um, is good because I've understood like there are some teams even within our own company that they feel like, oh, you know, I gave a suggestion, but if this manager doesn't want to listen to it, I'll just leave it at that. Or they might feel like the manager should know better, so I don't have to give my comment. Um, the good thing about us sisters is that we know we're never out there for personal attacks or to damage each other in any other way. So we'll always be free you know, we freely comment on each other's work or, you know, bring discussions onto the table and have like a very true, honest discussion. Because at the end of the day, it's all about um, our customers, isn't it? Yeah. Any discussions we have about our company. So I guess we've like already thrown this personal thing out of the window. So it's (laughs) never personal. (laughs) I mean, like sometimes maybe like I would kind of like speak in not a very like friendly tone and then Rhonda will give me a reminder that hey you know just now you were you were a little harsh I think you can be a little bit mild in the way you speak to uh, this this teammate of ours 
and then I'll think about it and thought, oh yeah, yeah, you know, I'm just having such a bad day today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then we'll like find an opportunity to come around to the teammate, you know, one of these days on a one-to-one conversation to say, you know, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to shout at you, but this is what I was trying to express. No, you don't shout at them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like we never shout at them, but sometimes the tonality could be a bit impatient. Yeah. 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 Okay, so, you know, I understand that all my home agents are, I guess, now one of the top home percent for HDB flat resale transactions. How did you both really come together to make this happen? Can you share a little bit more about uh, that journey for you both? Yeah, I think whether it's on the tech front, um, so whether it's the website or the application, um, all the way down to our customer service, operations, scheduling, um, agents, it's always about how can we put our customer first and ensure that they have a much more seamless experience in their housing transactions. So when we think about that, you know, when we tell people like, hey, our agents are, you know, top 100 agents in Singapore by number of transactions, they'll be like, how is that possible? You know, of course, they don't run faster or walk faster. It's really because the team, the entire company works together as a team. So when you think about a freelance agent, that's a, you know, the typical situation in Singapore's uh, property transaction industry, they have to do everything from, you know, um, securing the customer, that means marketing, going for coffee, securing the customer, convincing the customer to advertising. So basically, they have to be an entrepreneur and take care of every single department of um, the business. But at All My Home, we um, distribute that work with amongst professionals. That means when a customer calls in, they're attended by customer service um, staff members. And then um, if they need things to be advertised, uh, we have a professional marketing team to ensure that their listing is always out there in the market, always the first to be seen. If they need us to bring them the buyers, uh, we have a very strong database of over 150,000 transactors um, monthly to match to them. That's where all our technology comes in. And if they want to meet an agent, our agent, all they have to do is to focus on attending to the client, attending to the viewing and closing the deal. So it's very often at Oh My Home that we close deals within the first few viewings and our average closing speed is far, far ahead of the industry as a whole. So really the only reason that this can be made possible is because of the teamwork and we really have the best people across all departments. Right. So it's kind of like you really understood this, I guess, uh, user experience in terms of buying and selling homes, right? Like, I guess kind of like now that you, you mentioned it, when I think about it, normally the experience would be different for every agent that you speak to and all of that. But I guess if people are dealing with Oh My Home, there is kind of like a consistent experience for everyone. And I guess once once you kind of like get a lot of customers through that funnel, you're able to really optimize and understand where can we make this experience so much better for our customers and then kind of work towards improving that, that bit. Am I getting that correctly? Yes, that's right. So if you think about all your favorite brands or the favorite restaurants and places that you go, like, for example, you go to Starbucks, you know, your your mocha frappuccino is the same at every store. And why is it that when you go to a real estate company, it really depends on your luck if you get a good agent, right? At our company, you know, you're going to consistently get great customer service. You're going to consistently sell your home at great prices. Um, this is the constant promise that we provide our customers. And that's why today uh, we've transacted over 5,000 properties and our customers rating is the top in the entire country. 
Um, this is something that we're very, very proud of. And, you know, we really take a lot of pride in that because we're in an industry that generally people only leave a review when they're upset. But, you know, if you go to our Facebook or Google reviews, um, you'll find um, lots and lots of our customers in the thousands just cheering us on and praising us for the services. Um, so that's really what keeps us going. You know, and if you think back on, you know, your questions about how our how we as sisters work together, I think these are the wins on, a, you know, the little wins on a daily basis that we celebrate um, together. So before we proceed, here's a little bit about the other shows from Podcast Network Asia. One of the best ways to learn is to learn from the greats. And tuning in to the RJ Ledesma podcast gives you exactly that. Get into the mindset of success with insider perspectives directly from the sharpest and most innovative business personalities. Join best-selling author, entrepreneur, and motivational speaker RJ Ledesma in conversations on success, best business practices, and innovation during these turbulent times. And learn how to be your own success story. Right. I guess I want to go back to kind of your relationship again and understand, you know, since starting a business together and now that you both have been in the same city <laughs> rather than being apart, how is your relationship um, both as siblings and business partners change over the years? So, you know, I was sharing about how I wasn't sure if race is going to adapt back to the real estate industry when she came back to Hong Kong. Yeah. Uh, I remember vividly the first time we went out to work um, on a project in Johor. Race was just, you know, out there on the streets giving out flyers to cars that were driving by. And then, you know, bear in mind, we haven't been in the same city together, living together as sisters for over 10 years at that stage. And at that moment, it just like made me realize that, well, we're still the same, you know, we're just as hardworking <laughs> as ever. So that was really, you know, that, that amazing, um, you know, I think the best business partners are reliable, they're capable, they're ambitious, they share common values. And I find all of that and more, you know, in terms of even moral compasses um, with race. Right. So Rhonda and I were very lucky. We have the perfect synergy which, you know, of course, they develop as we grew up as sisters. So the best part is that we can be very honest with each other because we know our strengths and our weaknesses. And this honesty actually enables us to deep dive into the core problems we face at work. We can confide in each other. And, you know, once, like, work gets a little boring, we can even, like, talk about family stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so we just have, like, endless things to talk about. And, the, you know, the both of us, we have kids as well. So I have a daughter and Rana has a son and they're both around the same age. So there's just like so much in common that we we don't have enough time to talk to each other. So sometimes when we're um, having dinner at home with my parents, we're just continuously still talking. And my dad would say like, don't you see each other all the time at the office? Why do you behave like you haven't seen each other for a month? <laughs> yeah, and we're like, well, we've been so busy all day day at our various meetings that, you know, this is the first time we're sitting together. So we're really excited to talk, you know. <laughs> That's so yeah, I mean, I, I really love that, that you both, you know, when you go back to your personal lives, you're kind of like, hey, let's catch up. Like, I, I you know, even though you've seen each other all day uh, at work, you haven't really caught up in a way that, you know, sisters would. So I love that, you know, hearing about kind of like your relationship. It's, I guess... At the end of the day, when you choose a business partner, it's kind of like you have to choose the person that you enjoy being around with. 
more than anything as i mean obviously there's the work ethic and all of those things but you know it, you kind of like really have to enjoy the other person's company <laughs> uh, definitely and to enjoy and to respect each other's opinions as well yeah because like there are some people where you talk to and then when they give you a response you're like oh my god kind of like wasted my time even sharing my problem with you <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right you know earlier we were sharing like you were in Malaysia and kind of like giving out flyers, it, it kind of just reminded me of your story about being in Orchard Road, kind of like trying to sell stuff during the, the countdowns. I guess a lot of that kind of helped where you are uh, today as well. Anyway, I guess aside from, you know, seeing where Oh My Home is now, what do you think was the hardest thing that you've both gone through in your work? Was it setting it up or was there another kind of like point in your business where like, Oh man, this is gonna be tough. We have to kind of like buckle down and you know move ahead. So, do you do you have any experiences so far when it comes to to your work? I think the most challenging and yet also the exciting part of our work is that when you're doing something completely new, there is a new challenge every single day. And because no one has done it before, definitely not us. You're just met with surprises every single day, and it just kept us going. And we just love to solve problems because the both of us, we're very straightforward people. So when we're met with a problem, we just like to solve the problem instead of like dwell on it and all that. And I'm someone who gets bored easily. So it is a it is like a repetitive job where I don't see new stuff every single day. I think I would have quit already. <laughs> <laughs> How do you kind of like, I mean, I love kind of this idea of, you know, having challenges all the time. But I guess the, the point that I'm trying to get at is also this resiliency, right? Like, how do you know that what you're trying to do is possible versus like, oh, maybe maybe it's not. Like, if, if you're trying to problem solve something, like how do you make sure that you still remain confident even though you have a lot of obstacles ahead of you? Um, well, actually, confidence is there is there should be science and um, data behind it. I mean, before we started the business, we have to understand the market. We know the market size. We know that the problem exists. So we're not creating a product that is um, just kind of fun to create. We're creating a product because there's a huge problem that exists in the market around the world. So this is not just an issue that's isolated to Singapore alone. So I think, first of all, if you understand that the problem is large enough, you know, for the challenge to last, you know, maybe a lifetime for us, then, you know, Putting time into it seems to then make sense, you know. But to stay confident, obviously, you need to see results over time. So if we were giving out flyers, you know, 10 days in a row and not a single person wanted to even stop to get the flyer, then we have to rethink, you know, what, what are we doing wrong? Um, that's a very direct example. But on a day-to-day -day basis, um, even, you know, running the company, making sure we get more customers, making sure that our customers are getting better results from selling their home through Oh My Home. This is a constant challenge that we have to, you know, take up. And for myself, taking care of the sales team, I will constantly ask myself, why would a customer not choose Oh My Home? And if I can find a reason why they don't choose us, I will try to solve that. But if I cannot find a reason why they don't choose us, then I would have to, then I will know the issue might be awareness of the brand, market awareness of our product, our services, you know, our testimonials. So there's always something behind, there's always a reason and there's always a challenge to solve on a daily basis. 
And I think that's how you gain confidence over time. But confidence cannot be blind or foolish. So if you're not seeing results, if the problem you're solving or the solution you're providing is not valid, then it would be unwise to stay confident and just keep working at it. It is actually probably wiser to, to realize that it's not working. Mm, that's true. I want to go back to you know discussing Oh My Home and kind of like growing that kind of business together. Can you kind of like share with us a little bit on how, what the process is like? Because when I think about it, oh, do you go after um, recruiting agents first? Do you create the tech first? Do you you know go after homeowners like what what was it like so the vision of oh my home is to be a one-stop property transaction platform which means that when you come to oh my home no matter if you're going to rent or buy sell your property you can get it with us so we started with a tech platform for people to freely list your properties and search for property and the next thing that we have to solve is what if someone can't diy what if they don't know how to use the app? They will need an agent. And so we hired our agent. And gradually, all the other services came into place because when you want to transact a property, you don't only need an agent, you definitely need a mortgage. You need a mortgage loan. And that's why we have our in-house mortgage brokers and we have tied up with um, law firms to provide legal service at a fixed fee so that on our app, no matter which service you need from our lawyers, you know how much you have to pay for it instead of having to call blindly to a law firm and ask, oh, how much do you charge for this? We just want everything to be transparent. Mm. So when it comes to post-transaction and it comes to like movers, painters, renovation, we have all that in-house already. So now that when you come to Oh My Home, after our four years of work, you'll find that you can do anything with Oh My Home and you don't have to go around looking for another solution because we have a transparent platform here that we work with the most reliable partners and we've done all the heavy lifting for all our customers. Right. Yeah, we we'll definitely build our product over time, um, responding to our customers' um, needs and I think also forecasting and preparing for what they need next. Right. Yeah, I, I kind of want to discuss that a little bit because I mean for a lot of our listeners who might be, you know, starting their own business or thinking of one there's always this kind of like tendency to want to create something but it has to be perfect before you kind of like put it out in the world but obviously you know the, the best way to really build a business is through iteration right but for something as kind of like big like an industry like real estate right how do you even decide like what is the first iteration of our product or our service how did you both decide like okay let's focus on these things first let's go ahead with that let's find customers and how do you stay the course because i think especially for a lot of founders when you're building something sometimes they'll come you'll be like oh you know this is not perfect i feel like we could add this many things and whatever and then you kind of like feel like no it's not ready how do you both kind of like have to decide um, in terms of having that initial product and experience and then kind of going from there? I guess before anyone starts on any projects or industry, you need to have enough domain knowledge. So it's important to read a lot before you jump into anything. Mm -hmm. So you don't just go in blindly with your guts and, um, you know, what you think about it. Yeah, so for us, we know we have been transacting in seven countries so we know how real estate transaction is like in seven countries 
um, very well. So we know that actually the common problem is not that different. People need a reliable agent or reliable platform. And that's how we come up with our first, we call it MVP1, Minimal Viable Product 1. So that is like the first prototype that you want to introduce to the market. It will never be perfect because when I look back at my MVP1, it was pretty embarrassing. But I read a textbook that says, if it's not embarrassing, you have pushed your product out too late. <laughs> right? You have seen that too. Yeah. So I thought, well, I'm just going to push it out. <laughs> because honestly, Nikki, if your product is bad and nobody knows about it and you fail, nobody knows about it. <laughs> right? So don't take it too seriously. You know, just do your best, push it out, and then keep improving along the way. Because especially for startup these days, when you're doing a startup, no one has done it before. Unless, you know, you're lucky enough to be a serial entrepreneur and you have done this and walked the talk before, then of course it could be easier. But for most people, you're starting out for the first time and you have to read a lot, research a lot, talk to other startup founders and, you know, learn along the way. There's no guidebook to how to do something step one, two, three, because you're doing something completely new. Right. So for Oh My Homes MVP1, what were the things that was in it, if you don't mind sharing? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It was very simple. It was just a very big button at the middle where you just post your property and then the search bar where you can search for a property. So it's just one function, one feature to post your property for sale and to search for it. So there were no agents, no mortgage, nothing. And when, when we um, first introduced the product and then it actually made, became a hit instantly. In the first few months, we became the number one HDB DIY app. So then we knew, oh, okay, this is not just an idea. We have a product market fit. And that's when we invest more money, more resources into our technology to build an MVP too. Right. Was there, was this kind of like posting and searching the, the first MVP that you thought about? Like, or was there... Did you think like, oh, maybe we can get agents first? I, I don't know. Were there kind of like different ways that you thought of your MVP? Just curious, because I think this is something that a lot of founders have trouble with. It's kind of like what features or what service do we really need to really find that product market fit in our first uh, MVP? For us, it was very clear because we wanted to provide a platform for people to transact freely. So definitely we started with a free platform for people to post and to search because um, as I mentioned, when we first started, there wasn't an alternative to do so. You definitely have to engage an agent. And in Singapore, actually, a lot of people can't afford that fees because when you're selling a property that's $4,500, you're paying 2% agency fees to sell your property. And that will mean it's $9,000 in cash. You can't use it from, you can't use your CPF money. So $9,000 cash is actually a lot for a lot of households because you're, if you're able to save $500 per month, you're only saving $6,000 per year. Right. So $9,000 is a significant amount. And we thought if you're able to be, to read um, step by step, we can actually follow our guide, step one to step 20. And then just do it step by step and you can actually sell your HDB on your own without a help. Right. And, and that's our MVP one. Mm. And I guess that's kind of nice as well. Like you, you really empower a lot of homeowners to kind of take ownership of this process. 
in fact, when we first started out Oh My Home, it wasn't meant to be a profit-making company, honestly. We were registered as a social enterprise. We set up the free platform and we introduced the cheapest agency fee in the market that anyone has ever seen. So no matter the price of your property, you just have got to pay us 2888 when you sell your HDB. Oh. Yeah, so that's the business model that we started with. Today, it's still a fixed fee, but we do have a tier. So based on the tier of the price of your property, you pay a fixed fee. Right. Oh, that's so interesting. So what's kind of like your long-term plan now for Oh My Home? I mean, we've talked about the MVP and kind of like you've transitioned it in all of these, you know, you have services and all of that. What is what is going to, what is Oh My Home going to be like in the next few years? Our plan is for Oh My Home to be the leading platform for property transactions in Southeast Asia. And we want to empower everyone to be able to make the best property decisions for themselves in a simple, convenient and efficient manner. And Race and I were both steadfast in our belief in the value that Oh My Home can give our clients. So we're very, very committed to seeing this vision through. So definitely, um, I think the road ahead in the next few years are going to be kept um, really busy for us. Um, this year, we're expanding into a new market, and we expect to um, continuously be able to extend all my home services to more and more communities around the world. And um, I don't see ourselves stopping anytime soon. Cool. Yeah, I, I just saw that you guys expand into your third market in the So you have Singapore, Malaysia, and what's the third one? Philippines. Philippines. Oh, perfect. <laughs> I need to tell my brother about this. <laughs> yes, we're very excited about Philippines also because um, a lot of our team members are from the Philippines. Mm. So we always thought that, you know, one day um, we hope that we can, you know, share what you have built with your country. Um, and we've been very blessed. Our team has been just, we just have amazing teammates and uh, we're just grateful for them, whether they're in Singapore, Malaysia or Philippines. So definitely exciting for us. Yeah. And I think, um, I don't know, this is just me sharing because I, I, I am from the Philippines and, you know, a lot of Filipinos go out of the Philippines, work somewhere. And a lot of the money returns back to the Philippines, either to family members or buying properties. I think having something um, like Oh My Home in the Philippines would help a lot of Filipinos overseas to kind of manage the properties that they've bought over the years. Because I like, for for example, for me, my brother has properties back home, and I would, I guess, I'll I'll tell him now about Oh My Home as <laughs> something that he should definitely try for some of his properties. So it's well, thank really you good so much. <laughs> awesome. So kind of like I have a last question before we move to the quick fire questions. Um, if you have a chance to speak to your younger self, what advice would you give her? If I have a chance to speak to my younger self, um, I would definitely tell her to be more confident of herself and to believe in herself because if she doesn't do so, who else is going to do that for her? Mm. Lovely. How about you, Rafe? So that was Rafe and now Rhonda. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I get your voices confused. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I think uh, never doubting yourself. I think for everyone, if you set your mind to do something, you can actually achieve it. But a lot of times it's uh, our ourselves that's, you know, our minds that's putting ourselves down. So definitely, you know, the most effective way to do something is to actually do it. So surround yourself with a positive support system and, you know, people who encourage you and also 
don't always, I mean, apart from relying on others, you know, um, we ourselves need to encourage ourselves to go achieve our dreams. Mm, well said. Okay, for the quick fire questions, it's really just, I think, five questions. And I'll just ask it and you tell me the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. 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 So what is the activity? Can our name first? No, no need. Okay. Well, if you want to, so that I guess I, earlier I thought that I got your voices down already. I'm like, okay, this is Rhonda. This is, but apparently. I you know, our voices are quite similar. So it's not quite difficult. Okay. Yeah. I mean, ha happy for you both to kind of like say your name as well. Okay. So what is the activity with a friend or friends that you look forward to the most? Race, traveling, Rhonda, root beer float. Oh, <laughs> reminds me of my childhood days. Um, how do you distinguish when you're on work mode versus friendship mode? How do you distinguish? It's very obvious. So Ron, like you're saying between us? Like, for example, like when you're at work, for example, if, if you're chit-chatting, how can you tell like if the other person's, oh, wait, I think she's like in work mode now. Like sometimes the voice changes when they're on the phone talking to a boss versus if they're on the phone talking with a friend. <laughs> okay, race. It is very obvious for me because if I'm frowning and I'm very focused, I'm in work mode. <laughs> Rhonda, I'll, I'll speak about how I know race is on work mode. Um, she cannot hear you. <laughs> you'll be talking and then she'll be like typing away and then after a while you'll be like, race. Were you listening? And I realized she, did, she didn't even hear that question anyway. Yeah, I can't multitask. Oh my God, I love that focus. <laughs> okay, um, what is a favorite book or article that you've read recently? Even if it's like a couple of years ago, doesn't matter. <laughs> Race, how Google works. Okay. So I'm reading this book currently and there's a lot for me to learn in there. How Google works, okay. Thank you. I read an article about uh, Rhonda. I read an article about how they found new footprints, um, prehistoric footprints, or I like that. Well, I'll try and find that link um, and then link it to the show notes. And then name a woman who's inspired you recently. Rhonda, my mom. Oh. <laughs> All the time. All the time. Can't give the same answer. Yeah, no, race has no answer. Ah! You can't give the same answer. <laughs> okay, that's that's easy. Race mom. <laughs> awesome. So both your moms, she's one. Maybe you should have her in the podcast. Um, <laughs> and what's one habit that's been a total game changer for you both at work? A race to put away your phone when you're working on something. To put away my phone when I'm working. <laughs> Rhonda, to schedule time in your schedule to complete something important. Right. Absolutely. I, I find like sometimes if I have a to-do list that there's like 10 things there, but obviously that's not doable within a, the concept of a day in 24 hours. So I totally agree with that. Well, thank you so much for uh, the time. I think that's, that's it for the interview. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed this interview. Yeah, we did. Thank you so much. Actually, it's a little, um, it's quite uplifting for our very stressful day. <laughs> That's so nice to know. 
You've reached the end of another episode of Chief Best Friends, now part of the Podcast Network Asia and brought to you by Podmetrics. Thank you so much again for listening. If you enjoy the show, I'd love for you to subscribe and share it with your best mate. Connect with me at chiefbestfriends.com, where I bring you resources on growing your business, cultivating friendships, and sharing with you opportunities for capital and funding. That's all for now. Until the next episode, this is your host, Nikki Torres.